when you leave a retreat such as this and you go out into the unreal world, it's going to seem crazy. This is because it's crazy. There's just no doubt about it. It's absolutely nuts out there. We get used to be it being nuts and we manage to handle it. But coming out from a retreat like this into the harsh light of Western civilization might be quite jarring. And that, yeah, that can be a little bit difficult to deal with. The best thing to do is find someone to talk to. They don't have to know about meditation. They don't have to know anything about Buddhism. They just need to be a good listener. And that helps a lot with just dealing with the craziness of the world out there that you're encountering. And it will pass. Remember coming home from a 10-day retreat, it ended on Sunday, and I go to work on Monday, and I'm walking down Market Street in San Francisco, and everybody is passing me. You know, I'm just strolling along. By Wednesday, I'm back to passing everybody else. (laughs) That, it just faded away. And this is the way it goes. To keep your retreat from fading away completely, probably the number one thing is daily practice. Ayakema said, if you want to keep the same level of concentration as you have on a retreat, it's necessary to meditate for an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening. Now, this is me telling you what she told me, not what I managed to pull off. I know how difficult it is. The best I could do is an hour in the morning and then go sit with a group multiple evenings a week. And, you know, there were times where I was getting in 10, sometimes 11 sits a week, but it never was consistently 14. So I do understand. An hour is, yeah, an hour is a lot better than 45 minutes. And 45 minutes is a lot better than half an hour. Most, they've done uh, studies of people meditating, and it doesn't matter what the technique is. Most techniques, the meditator settles into a noticeable shift about the half hour mark. So if you're sitting for half an hour, you're just getting to the good stuff and you get up and walk away. If you sit for 45 minutes, you got 15 minutes of the good stuff. If you sit for an hour, you got twice as much of the good stuff. So an hour, yeah, that's... That's the ideal. But I understand about busy lives and everything else. It's just that's the ideal. It's also really helpful to sit with a group. There may be a group in your area, but the good news is you don't even have to find a group that's close by. It's helpful if it's the same time zone. If you're in the group on the West Coast that meets at 7 p.m., then yeah, it's 10 p.m. if you're on the East Coast, but there are East Coast groups. Having a sitting group is really, really helpful. The whole of the spiritual life is noble friends and noble conversations, and a sitting group is a place where you find noble friends with whom you can have noble conversations. And then it's important to go on future retreats. You know, If you're not sitting an hour every morning and an hour every evening, if you've learned jhanas, they're going to start fading out. I mean, it's going to be just harder to get to access concentration as time goes on. 
what I found was, yeah, I'd come home from a retreat and I had all my jhanas that I had on that retreat for a while. And then it got really hard to get the highest one. Then it got really hard to get the next highest one. Then, you know, eventually I wasn't getting jhanas on my couch in the morning. You know, it was only when I got the second sit of the day in could I get them. And then, yeah, after about a year, sometimes even with the second sit, I wasn't getting them. Yeah, so it fades out. And the speed at which it fades out is, well, how close are you coming to an hour in the morning, hour in the evening every day? An hour pretty much every day, yeah, they'll fade out slowly, but they'll fade out over a period of, well, could be a few months, could be six months, could be a year. 45 minutes, five days a week, yeah, they're going to fade a lot faster. 30 minutes occasionally, yeah, they could be gone right quick. Keeping the jhanas also is dependent on how well you know them. Have you marked your pathway into each of the states and shifting between them and so forth? When you really know what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to do it. So know what you're doing and have a good daily practice if you want to keep jhanic states. But even if you're just getting to access concentration, that's really good. People ask how much time to spend on concentration and how much on insight. And I would say the general rule is 50-50. Half your time working with concentration, half your time working with insight. So if you're sitting for an hour, that would be half an hour trying to get as concentrated as you can and half an hour doing some sort of insight practice, which could be, you know, body scan, five daily recollections, Vedana, whatever you think of when you think of standard Vipassana. Right? There, there's a host of insight practices. Generally, the best insight practice to do is the one you want to do. Because if you want to do it, yeah, you'll do it. If I tell you, oh, you should do the body scan and you don't like the body scan, then you might be reluctant to do it. Do the one you want to do. And of course, if you don't like the body scan, that's a sure sign that you should do the body scan on a, at least semi-regularly basis. Um, it may be sometimes you sit down and yeah, the concentration's going really good and you just want to play with concentration the whole sitting period. Well, hopefully you can be really mindful when your meditation period is over. If you can keep your mindfulness up after a concentrated sit, you might get insights just doing ordinary things. Now, if you're out playing in the traffic, maybe not. But if you're, you know, fixing a meal, going for a walk, then yeah. Sometimes you sit down and it's pretty obvious, ain't no concentration coming today. And if that's the case, uh, let it go. Get whatever you got and then switch to doing insight practice for the rest of the sit. It's important to set a timer. It's really good to set the timer on your phone because then your phone turns off, right? And you can't see the timer. And so you can't be meditating with one eye peeking at the clock. Sit where you can't see a clock, set your timer, double check that you did set the timer, and then just stay there till the timer goes off, no matter how good or bad the meditation period is. Just actually hanging out for the hour or whatever the time length is, 
is is a, a good healthy thing to be doing. If people want to know what you've been up to, you can tell them, but give them just a little bit. And if they're really interested, they'll ask questions. Give them a little more. And if they're really interested, they'll ask more. Let them feed the conversation rather than you. If they say, how was your retreat? Don't launch into an expose on the eight jhanas or something. But you can talk about, it was good. I learned some concentration techniques. And if they're really curious, I'll maybe ask you about concentration techniques and let them feed it. In Buddhism, there's no proselytizing. So you don't want to go up to your friend and say, listen, I got something you need to learn. It's not going to work. I mean, people told me I should meditate for, let's see, probably about 15 years before I ever took their advice. Just talk about how beneficial it is. The, the simile I use is, it's like going to the gym. You know, I go to the gym, I pick up the weights, and I put the weights right back where they were. I mean, haven't accomplished anything, right? Well, no, I actually got stronger. It's the same thing with the meditation. I didn't actually do anything, except my mind does get stronger, more flexible, more malleable, wieldy, etc. And I learned things along the way. So if somebody's skeptical about meditation, you can tell them it's going to the gym for your mind. Meantime, hopefully, yeah, in-person retreats can start. And uh, But yeah, do come on some more retreats, definitely. So we'll have our closing sitting and closing metta and dedication of merit. So in order to begin, put your attention on your breathing. I'll give you several minutes, five or 10 minutes or so. Yeah, just meditate. Take a look into your heart and you will find a kitchen. And in that kitchen, there's a stove. And on the stove is a big pot of warm, delicious soup. Serve yourself a bowl of this soup from the kitchen of your heart and have a seat in your kitchen. Think of someone you really care about and have them join you and serve them a nice big bowl of warm, delicious, nourishing soup. Think of other people you're close to. Bring them to mind one by one and for each of them, serve them a nice delicious bowl of this really nutritious soup from the kitchen of your heart.
Think of your acquaintances. Bring them to mind one by one and serve each of them a bowl of this delicious, nourishing soup. Think of someone you find difficult. There's enough soup even for the difficult people. It's a big pot of soup. And no matter how much you take out, there's always plenty left. You can share it with everybody in your neighborhood with everybody in your town, your city. There's enough soup for everyone in the surrounding region. In fact, there's enough soup for everyone on this planet. All the hungry people get a nourishing, warm, bowl of soup from the kitchen of your heart. Now put your attention back on yourself. Back you sitting in the kitchen of your heart. Surrounded by all the people you care for. Everybody enjoying a nice bowl of soup. We share the merits of this retreat with all of our teachers everywhere. We share the merits of this retreat with Christy and Kathy in deep appreciation for them founding Dharma Zephyr. We share the merits of this retreat with Tom, who acted as our registrar and manager. We share the merits of this retreat with our friends and family, with our acquaintances, with the difficult people in our lives. We share the merits of this retreat with each other. We share the merits of this retreat with all beings in all realms everywhere. May all beings be happy 
May all beings be peaceful. May all beings be liberated. Thank you. Thank you all very much. I deeply appreciate your practice. I appreciate your generosity. And noble silence is lifted. Noble mindfulness remains in effect. <laughs>